ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Well, the sports pages today covering the latest clash of titans. No, not the Chiefs versus the 49ers from yesterday's Super Bowl, but rather Broncos captain, former Rabbitoh star Adam Reynolds, brawling with his teammate Pat Carrigan on the weekend in a Brisbane park, following the Broncos fan day and apparently a few ensuing sherbets. Warwick Hadfield is a journalist, sports writer, author, raconteur, and he's with us again for our regular Warwick's wash-up of all things worth investigating in the sporting world. Warwick, good evening. Welcome back again to Night Love. Great to be here, Philip. Great to be anywhere, as Keith Richards famously said. <laughs> we'll get to the Broncos, Biff, in a moment, but uh, we should mm. start, I suppose, with the week's biggest uh, sporting event, the Super Bowl. Uh, which for some reason does draw the attention of some in the Australian audience. What? What is, I, mean, do, I presume you sat and watched it. I watched quite a bit of it. Oh, what, absolutely. What, One what, of the. Yeah. I got home from the gym and sat down and and watched it. And, and uh, look, it it seems to um, I guess go on forever. But uh, yeah, no, it does I'm not seem to. It does of, go on forever. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I'm reminded of um, that great line from Othello, pleasure and action make the hours seem short. And there was a pleasure, plenty that was pleasurable um, and lots of, of action, particularly in the final moments, of course, when Patrick Mahomes, a man who's on half a billion dollars, won the game before his pass to Hardman. Look, um, it, it's it's a fascinating thing. It's an it's Americanism or Americana, you might call it, on steroids. So, but it also is a reminder how much uh, it influences Australian sport these days. I mean, you only have to watch the rugby league grand finals. They've got to have the the halftime uh, entertainment, and then it's a great thing about just how the AFL matches up against that. Um, uh, look, it's. It, it comes into our purview, uh, yeah. and I think this year uh, it came into our purview for a lot of other reasons. It was, among many other things, the, the wokest uh, NFL Super Bowl really? in history because all the, power, mm-hmm. all the power from that stadium, that Allegiant Stadium, uh, which was <laughs> lit up like a Christmas tree, came from a solar-powered uh, farmyard somewhere in the Nevada desert was pumping all that power in. So while the rest of um, of uh, Las Vegas is lit up by the Hoover Dam, not the Allegiant Stadium, that was all... Uh, so it, there it was, environmentally friendly, and uh, no doubt uh, there would be on a certain um, television network in America, which was going ballistic about other woke elements of the... Uh, uh, the Super Bowl, uh, that would have uh, got them all fired up as well. And I guess when we talk about the woke side, of course, we know that was the cons- conspiracy theories that uh, in some right-wing media in America that uh, the whole thing was uh, a psyop, is that what they call it? A psychology operation dreamed up by various deep states in America that um, Taylor Swift and her beau were going to win, the, it was going to be rigged, so they would win and then they would come out and support uh, Joe Biden, the Tay-Tay and Travis show didn't quite go like that, although at various times, I mean, it, it was um, Travis who made that barging run like a rugby league front rower down the left wing. And if he'd scored from that, you would have <laughs> they would have sent the, the, the right wing folk off. But in the end, it was on the right wing where the, the winning touchdown was scored by <laughs> Michael Hardman. So I don't, I don't think know. I, I, did, I haven't... <laughs> Is I it, haven't been tuning into it to uh, Fox Sport to see what they made of that. I, I don't follow it that closely enough, um, Warwick. But uh, but the, is uh, is 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 uh, American gridiron 
politically leaning one way or the other. I, su- I suspect, like a lot of professional sport, it's probably leaning more to well, the right. Very- leaning more to the right, isn't it? Well, they were very, very happy to have Taylor Swift, who has mm. endorsed Joe Biden in the past, uh, bring a massive new audience of women mm. to the sport because of her relationship with her, her partner, her new partner. And uh, so, and apparently, it because we know she had to come from Tokyo after doing a concert to get to Las Vegas, and apparently there was not enough room originally for her private jet to land at Las Vegas airport, and the, the NFL... Uh, fixed that very, very quickly indeed. So she was able to be there. And of course, the camera panned to her in a suite uh, that cost a million dollars for the day. So it's, um, so I mean, as I said, it's Americana and extravagance, excess uh, on, on steroids. And, uh, you know, look, it, it reaches all the way down into the Southern Hemisphere, usually only once a year. There mm. aren't that many people who who follow uh, American football gridiron or NFL as closely as uh, you might think that, uh, well, we know that a lot of Australians follow European soccer in particular, in particular uh, yeah. soccer. That's right. A lot of people follow the Premier League. I don't think so many people follow yep. the, uh, the, the, you know, the, the gridiron in America, but except for maybe this event. I mean, of course, there was, there's an Australian connection, isn't there? The... Uh, well, the punter yeah, for the yeah, San was, Francisco 49ers was, was uh, a West Australian. Yeah, Witch Wisnowski, who started out playing Australian rules football, suffered some career-ending injuries when he was still a teenager, set up his own business, but discovered he still had desires to do something in sports. So he came uh, across the, the Nullarbor to be part of Pro Kick, which is an organisation in Melbourne, which sets up opportunities for young Australians to learn how to kick better and it must be said that uh, Wisnowski wasn't the greatest kicker when he was playing club football in Perth, but he learnt to improve himself and he got a position at a university in America, or college as they call it. And from there, he graduated, no doubt with a degree of some sort, but also to be yet another, mm. <laughs> yet another Australian to play in a losing Super Bowl, joining Aaron Sipos. And my great friend uh, from my days working at the Geelong Football Club, Ben Graham. Yeah, Ben Graham. Uh, ben was... Yeah, Ben was a magnificent uh, kick uh, from centre-half back for Geelong and he he would occasionally disappear and we would find him down at the John Landy Athletics Field down on the Barwon River practising his punting and then the word got out that he was being... um, Uh He was thinking of a career beyond his AFL career kicking in the NFL and uh, his first club was uh, the, the New York Jets and of course it was just there for the taking Benny and the Jets. Yeah. And, oh, that's um, right. I, I was but, reading uh, he... I was reading that uh, that Mitch Wisnowski would have been the first Australian to be in a winning team if they'd won and therefore yes. get a a Super Bowl ring. But I was thinking that's not because uh... Ben Graham was in one, isn't it? That's right. But they lost, I suppose. That was no, a... but, but Ben yeah. Ben Graham's side lost. The Arizona yeah, Cardinals right. mm. lost, mm. and uh, Aaron Sipos's team lost. Last year. So, yeah, it's still there for the taking for someone. But um, Wisnowski is the first to have scored a, a point in an in, in FL game. What happened was the designated uh, taker of field goal kicks was injured and he was given the opportunity to do that and uh, he got a point. So 
so he, he does have that claim to fame, but I'm sure he would have liked to have. And it was very, very close. And it's close to the last 10 seconds, really, mm. when uh, Patrick Mahomes made that incredible pass following up the, um, the Kelsey um, bash and barge thing. And uh, so, you know, he, he was, he's probably got closer than any other Australian to, to winning a ring so far. But, uh, well, the 49ers have got to get back there next year, and we know that the Kansas City Chiefs know how to get back there because from this city of um, not that big a population, probably roughly the size of Newcastle, um, you know, there's this team that's been put together. Um, Mahomes actually comes from Texas, but uh, and but you know, big money and mm. his big money, half a billion, uh, has brought him to the Kansas City Chiefs and. They're talking about him in the same breath as Tom Brady now and Joe Montana is a goat, uh, greatest of all time. Uh, Brady's got four Super Bowls on top of him and in, and in fact Brady led his team to a win over Mahomes a couple of years ago but uh, Mahomes has got time on his side as well sure, as great timing. Does. I think he's only 28 and Brady as we know played until he was in his early 40s so I think that you know barring some terrible things happening to the mm. Kansas City Chiefs, you know, losing lots of great players and so on. They will be there and thereabouts for a few more Super Bowls yet. But yep. it's, um, look, it's, um, yeah, in, in, in the, you know, here we go. We're talking about it and it's the top of the program, but how many Australians will be interested now that the Super Bowl's over? Not it's, many. It's going to... <laughs> Not many. I don't think. Well, I, I know that. I don't think um, it's, I think it's shop... followed much, is it? Is it? No. No, I don't think so. And I, I mean, I, I think people are more likely to follow baseball in America because yeah. everywhere you go, you see or, a New Or York American Yankees. basketball in particular, I mean. Or American yeah. basketball too. Yeah. Oh, well, it's American basketball because there's so many Australian. Australians uh, taking okay. part in it. Simmons yeah. and Paddy Mills and uh, you, know, you can go back, Luke Longley's and all, all those And also people. a lot of Australians might yeah. well think in relation to gridiron. I mean, it's an interesting game, gridiron, and very precise and quite complicated and all of that. But a lot of Australians probably think if you're interested in you know, running with a ball game like that, uh, we've got a better one in the NRL. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they don't wear protection and there's a lot more biff and and uh, and so on. Maybe the Americans think we should we should have more of that. Mind you, they're going to get a taste of it, aren't they, with the, uh, the pre-season fixtures about to kick off and the Las Vegas fixtures as well. Well, it's not the pre-season, it's the season. Oh, sorry, the, the season opening, yeah. Going yeah, to... yeah, yeah. yeah, and... Um... Brisbane are going to be playing Easts. Some people call them. What is the point of all this again, um, Warwick? Do you understand why they're doing this? Well, uh, what, the real reason or the truth? (laughs) (laughs) You know why we're here. Uh, Look, it opens up rugby league to a a whopping gambling market. That's right. (laughs) I mean, it's in Las Vegas to start with. Um, But look, it's it's an attempt to make people more aware of of rugby league. Um, For gambling purposes, essentially. Graham Samuel, the former uh, AFL commissioner, once said to me uh, when, when Australian Rules Football was talking about making a, an attempt mm-hmm. to invade America, and he said the NFL's marketing budget is greater than the AFL's whole budget. They would just blow, and if you started to get serious, they would just blow you right out of the water. And that's, that's the risk um, mm-hmm. that Peter Belandis and, and the National Rugby League is taking. But, it, I mean, it'll whether they sell out Allegiant Stadium or not, um, there'll be lots of eyeballs on it. It's in Las Vegas. I mean, <laughs> rugby league and gambling go back forever. Um, you know, the SP bookmakers used to own their own um, rugby league teams back in the day. And I, I know of players who earned more money playing for an SP bookmakers team than they could play, get playing even first grade <laughs> for, for, for Parramatta or um, some of those other suburban sides. And uh, there was 
and I always tell this story in a guarded way because I might want to make sure I don't identify people, but there was in the old Sydney Rugby League competition uh, a, a SP bookmaker who had uh, good ties with a prominent goal kicker for one of the clubs and if if the bet wasn't to go if he didn't if he was going to lose a lot of money on the result of a game that goal kicker would have what was known colloquially as an off day with the boot which means he missed a lot <laughs> kicks for goal penalties and conversions and the other team won and the bookmaker also <laughs> managed to win as well but uh, we hope those days are long gone and uh, that what happens in Vegas, well, doesn't stay in Vegas, but what happens in Vegas is opens up rugby league to a new market and there is new revenues for the game. Gambling revenues, yes, exactly. All right. What about this this latest bust-up in the Broncos, the Battle, the, the battle of Brisbane? What's, what's going on here? Well, Warren? it's interesting. It's the worst thing that could happen for the NRL, given what we've just been talking about, particularly as as many as a dozen rugby league players uh, who were playing in these games, Souths, Manly Warringah, Easts and, um, yeah, and the Broncos, they've had to go to the uh, Austra- the American Embassy and plead their case because they've uh, been involved in dust-ups like this and some even worse because the police were in had to get involved and they had to put their hand on their heart and say all sorts of things just to get a visa to get into the United States. Now, uh, lots of strings were pulled uh, with the Australian ambassador and other people to make sure it all happened uh, swimmingly and these players were going to get the go there. But then along <laughs> come Adam Reynolds and Pat Carrigan with his dust up outside or after after being in a nightclub or nightclubs various in Brisbane. They've uh, gone and they stood before the cameras today and you know, groveled and said they're, you know, it's embarrassing and they hope they can put it behind them and all those things that... Uh, we see prominent sports people and prominent politicians even doing these days after a night well, on yeah, the terms. The truth but, is, um, the truth is, in the NRL, they love the the sport. Actually, thrives on this, don't they? They thrive on on these kind of controversies. That's what they. That's what the thing well, is. I, that's what I, it I was, is. I was to, I was talking to an AFL coach who um, spent a lot of time in Sydney uh, not that long ago, and he said he just said to me, "They're different rugby league players, aren't they? They're, they're just different." <laughs> And I think both of us knew what different meant without having to go any further into the conversation. Mm. But look, you know, it's, um, it's, it's a disappointing thing. And Adam Reynolds has pretty much you know, never done anything like this. And, and the, the story is going that he was trying to get Carrigan into a, a taxi because he was intoxicated. Uh, Carrigan didn't really want to go. Um, and then it, what started out as a bit of a, a friendly tussle turned into something a bit deeper than that. Remembering these people are highly competitive, very, very strong, and uh, and and in this occasion, it seems uh, one of them at least was full of uh, alcohol, and these things get out of hand very quickly. I mean, I don't know. I haven't heard anyone in uh, from the NRL say how terrible it was that people filmed it and didn't come and help. But uh, we've <laughs> perhaps mm. perhaps there's a different set of standards in rugby league than there is elsewhere in the community. Although sport is supposed to reflect the society in which it's played, Philip. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about that, Lauren. Hey, by the way, one of Australia's all-time great athletes, basketballer Lauren Jackson, might uh, put on the Opals shirt again for a crack oh, wow. at the Paris Olympics. How old is she now? It, it's she's 42. She's done everything and done it more than once. Uh, and as we know, she'd retired. Goodness knows how many years, more than a decade ago, because her knees. Had, given out on her, but uh, various novel medical methods uh, it allowed her to come back um, in the not, the not too far away little while. She got to play in a, in a World Cup when Australia won a bronze medal, and then suddenly she was in the frame. She continued playing in the WNBL for the Southside Flyers, and suddenly, Flyers, and suddenly she was in the, the frame to be picked 
for the Opals again and she went to this Olympic qualifying tournament in Brazil where Australia won all three games. She played in uh, the second one of those and played a, 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 a considerable part in Australia beating Germany. And at the end of that match, you know, you know, the old microphone stuck under her nose, congratulations, you're going to the Olympics. She said, no, I'm done, I'm not going. And jaws dropped all over Australia because you know, this, the narrative was this, this was Lauren Jackson, the goat, going to her fifth Olympics, you know, something not done before. And the, the, you know, the story was this, there for the taking. So since that happened, Sandy Brandella, who's the Australian coach and a great um, Australian basketballer in her own right. In fact, I think she might have been one of the people who first saw young Lauren Jackson emerging from Thaguna way back uh, in the 1990s, along with Tom Maher and a few other people, if I, my memory serves me well. But anyway, Sandy Brandella is the Australian coach now, and she has said she's going to give Lauren space, which is, you know, as we know, is code for I hope you change your mind. Because at 42, while she doesn't play you know, all the time out on the court, she has an awful lot of wisdom. Uh, an awful, and when she does come on the court, she just settles things down, takes the time. But there is uh, a whisper that she made this decision because her son Harrison, or Harry, as he's known, is about to start school, and she wanted to be there for that. And, like, <clears throat> you know, uh, good players do what they can, champions do what they choose. And she's probably thinking, I'm going to choose to go out, leaving, you know, it's a great thing, leave them wanting more. And uh, that might be a thing as well. So I think she might be just a little bit worried mm. that, even, you know, even though the knee's okay. I mean, she did have an Achilles issue when she came back in the WNBL. So she's just thinking, oh, one more injury and I'll go out limping instead of going out as a winner. And those things weigh heavily on her mind, I'm sure. She's, she is a champion. She, I mean, Tom Maher told me back in, um, in 2001, I think it was, when he was coach of the Opals, he said by the time she's 30, uh, she'll be up there regarded as one of Australia's greatest sports people with uh, Dawn Fraser. And uh, she comes from uh, Albury, which, of course, is where another great Australian female athlete comes from, and that's... Margaret Quartz, and I would think she'd be yeah, mentioned now in the same breath as mm. Margaret yep. with all her Grand Slam titles as exactly. well. So exactly. a, f a phenomenal career. There's, there's, there's just no other way of looking at it. To be still internationally competitive at the age of 42 in a sport that demands uh, great athleticism and speed and skill and fitness, it's, it's an extraordinary achievement on top of the, the Olympic silver and bronze medals, the World Cup gold medal, uh, everything she did in the WNBA with Seattle. She's just an extraordinary sure. representative of Australian sports um, skill. Indeed. Indeed she is. Warwick, uh, always great to have a chat. Um, look forward to chatting next week. Can I just say a big cheerio call to my former cricket captain, both of us are well and truly retired now, Phil Morgan, who will be wide awake listening to you, Philip, and listens to you uh, every time you're on the radio on and you. thoroughly enjoys your your uh, program as, um, <laughs> and I hope he's in, I hope he's not uh, too critical of anything I might have said in the last little while I could we'd be sitting around uh, waiting to our turn to bat and I'd say something and he'd look at me and say you really mean that so I hope he hasn't <laughs> said you really mean that any time in the last 10-15 minutes or so good on you Warwick thanks mate good on you you've been listening to a Nightlife podcast for more great conversations about the issues that impact you, as well as features on travel and food, head to the Nightlife webpage. You'll find it at abc.net.au slash nightlife. You don't need to be a night owl to enjoy the nightlife.